The Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you might be listening to this episode. And may your vibe be cruising at an altitude that is so sexy cool. So as always, y'all, I do tell you at the beginning of each episode, if you are new to the Sexy Cool Lounge, please go back and flavor some of our episodes from 1 to 49, with this being episode number 50, the big 5-0, y'all. We have had so many inspiring guests come through the Sexy Cool Lounge that I know that there's something in our catalog that is informative, inspiring, and motivating to your soul. So give us a checkout, all right? You can find us at www.sexycoollounge.com. If you're on Instagram, social media, you can find us at Sexy Cool Lounge. And on any one of your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Give us a follow, we'll follow you back, all right? So. As always, I want to just like say to you guys, I'm so proud of what we've been able to accomplish over the first 49 episodes. Who would have thought that I would be able to bring enough content consistently to get to 50, right? And I had been struggling over the last couple of weeks on how was I going to like bring in this 50th episode, right? I needed to just like really, really like bring it. And so I spoke it into the universe. And lo and behold, the universe said, okay, you want to bring in the big 5-0 episode? Well, here you go. So I was able to reach out to someone, and they were gracious enough to give me their time, y'all. So let me uh, hit you with a little bit of who she is, right? My guest today holds a multitude of titles to include certified counselor, educator, motivational speaker, and author of the book, Finally Free, From Perfect Storm to Perfect Peace. This book is a self-help book that was inspired by her journey of healing her mind, body, and soul. Her goal is to provide an opportunity for individuals to excel at the highest levels possible while developing and refining their individual talents. She's also the co-host of a podcast called BNZ Sisters where they discuss lifestyle, love with lots of laughs, y'all. So I want y'all to give a, a, a warm welcoming and a good listening ear for my special guest on episode 50, Dr. Nicole Scott. Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. And thank you for being my special guest on episode 50. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm just glad to be here. Like I said, I'm just nothing better than vibing out with someone who's on the same type of vibe and mindset as you. So I'm just so glad to be here today. Well, thank you so much. So always I have a uh, you know, question straight out the gate to all of my uh, guests. So I will hold the question to you as well. Question is, Dr. Nicole Scott, what does sexy cool mean to you? Sexy cool means to me is more of a vibe. It's a mindset, you know, throwing away the whole aesthetic. When you think of the word sexy, it's always looked at, at the physical. But to me, it's more of a mindset. To me, 
protecting my peace is sexy, right? Taking my mental health serious is sexy and cool is just a vibe. So I feel like that's what it means to me. Just a cool vibe of just, you know, whatever's sexy to yourself, then that's the type of vibe that you're putting out. Oh man, that's a uh, really on point, you know? And the beautiful thing about that question is there's never a wrong answer. Right. I can ask that question a million times around the world and I will get a million different answers. No answer is the same. And that is one of the reasons why I ask the question to everyone, because it just amazes me how everyone has a different perspective on the question, but they have an answer that is almost like their primary core to them. And that's a beautiful thing when I can listen to so many different answers to just the same question. So thank you so much for uh, just giving me your perspective on that and just adding another flavor into the question of what does sexy cool mean to you? So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. So before we get into the reason why I wanted you on the show, uh, give us a little bit of your journey and how you got to be where you are, doctor, with so many different hats. Just give us a little bit of your journey. Well, education was always forced, not forced upon me, but important to my family. So I knew that um, I was always going to be in the helping profession. Even, even as a kid, I knew that helping and inspiring people was important to me. Um, so like I said, I had a, I started an education, um, like I said, got multiple degrees, but I did not find my purpose in life until I went through something so devastating in life, right? So I was in education for over 15 years, but I've now transitioned into more of the mental health space, being a mental health advocate, um, talking about the importance of therapy. Um, just, you know, inspiring people through my story and all of my struggles and, you know, realizing that my test is now my testimony to help inspire other people. So that's just what I am, a champion for people being the best version of themselves. And that is like, um, that, that's, that's positive energy at its strongest when you say that. Your test, your test was your testimony. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much for uh, just giving us a little bit of flavor of who you are. So the reason why I wanted you on was I've been following you for a minute on social media, uh, on Instagram, and I came across something that I felt like needed to be shared on a larger platform that you uh, were so passionate about. And, and I want to have an opportunity with you to vibe on it and just have you deep dive with me on it. So you had posted something that said why pain has a purpose. Yes. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I felt like that was just truly a strong energy point. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to really just share that message. Absolutely. You know, we all go through stuff in life, right? Um, some things more painful than others. And the first thing we normally say to ourselves is why me, why me? Right. Um, but I always try to encourage people and to stress themselves and say, well, why not me, right? Um, finding the purpose in our pain is so essential to healing, right? Even if we never find out why we went through that storm, why we were put into that predicament or why we made these choices, we may not never know. But it's important to figure out the purpose of that pain. Because like I said, that pain then becomes your, your purpose to then help others. I tell people all the time, when I wrote my book, that story wasn't for me. Yes, it was therapeutic through writing it, but it was for other people. 
Um, you never know who you can encourage or inspire by just letting them know that you're not the only person out here going through something. So it's important to use that pain and figure out how you can then pick someone up and help them along the way. You know, there's no way that you can talk to someone about how pulling myself out of depression or, you know, being an overeater if I never went through it myself. So then I have to take that pain, you know, never loving myself, never having self-worth, and then the consequences that came behind that. Now I want to make sure that I educate everyone, young, old, whatever. You're never too old to find your purpose. But once you do, that's the day that your, your life really starts to change when you really figure out what it is that you're supposed to do in this world. Why do you think that some people have a challenge with figuring out their purpose? Because a lot of times people don't want to do the work, whether it's too scary, you know, whether you're afraid to stretch yourself, but it's always the fear of the unknown, right? So people may be scared. You don't never know what's on the other side. And I always tell people, I'm here now, but that journey getting through it was very ugly. There was days that I cried. There were days I wanted to give up. There were days I said, you know what, maybe it's not worth it. But that freedom that's on the other side, like I can't even put words to describe like how free I feel once I decided to do the work. So I say, people, just take a step. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but take that step. And a lot of times the pain that we're going through as adults is really tied to a lot of things that we go through as a child. So I had to heal the inner child within myself because that's where a lot of my issues stemmed from. Not saying I didn't come from a good home, but there was just a lot of things that I needed to heal. So it just have to take that first step. And sometimes you may need, like I said, someone to help you take that step. But all you have to do is take that step. And that's the minute that your life will begin to shift. You talk about taking the step, right? And I kind of want to shift gears for a moment. And I want you to share the importance of men taking that step, right? Sometimes when we have these conversations, it's geared around women. And, and, and that is true, okay? I'm not lessening or minimizing that conversation, but I need you as the doctor to come in and I need you to help my male listeners understand that it's okay to be sensitive. It is okay to not always be the alpha in every single moment of your life and that there are times that you are not going to be the conqueror. You are going to be conquered. I need you to help them. I need you to help them understand how to take baby steps and getting back up. And that it is okay to take the baby steps and to acknowledge it and embrace it. Absolutely. And the hardest part is because the stigma around it, right? Men are supposed to be strong. Men are not supposed to need help. Men are not supposed to be vulnerable. So. Um, it really makes it difficult for people to say, well, I need help. It's, that's one of the hardest statements for people to say, men too, I need help. So, you know, when, you, when I talk about taking that first step, it's just, you know, acknowledging that, you know, something, you know, within myself is just not right. And whatever that is, if you, you know, if you're not a good communicator, you know, if you have, you know, growing up in a single parent home, like all of these issues, you know, manifest as we're adults. So it's just so important, like I said, to take that step. For men, I think, you know, if you want to go to therapy, maybe it's important to find a male therapist, right? But just taking that step and just saying, just because I'm saying that I need help doesn't mean I'm weak. Saying that you need help is actually one of the strongest things that you can ever do. So that's why I really focus on changing the stigma around mental health and self-love and self-worth, because 
that's a true sign of strength when you are strong and saying that, you know what, today I'm not strong and I need help. You, you mentioned about therapy and, and going to maybe a male therapist. Do you find that that is uh, beneficial to like the men that come into therapy? I mean, you know, trying to get them into therapy is one thing because like you said, there's a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. But when they make a decision to go to therapy, is it helpful and beneficial to seek out a male therapist versus a female? I mean, they're all licensed and they're all qualified, but is there just something added in that realm of just saying, okay, maybe I can open up just a little bit more because I maybe feel like he'll understand me in a way that maybe um, a female therapist wouldn't. I mean, but that can also go the same way with a, a female who wants to go to therapy and maybe thinking the same thing. So can you help us kind of like clear up that, um, that energy a little bit? Absolutely. I always say finding the right therapist is a lot like dating, right? You may not get it right your first time, but I know for me in my journey, when I first started therapy, I was going to an African-American woman and that was great. And she got me about 85% of where I needed to go. But for that last 15%, um, I then switched and I got a male therapist. And it's so true. Yes. When I'm working through the self-love, the self-worth and just not feeling pretty and beautiful and all those things, I needed that woman, right? I just, into my, to me, mm. that wasn't something that a man could help me through, right? But in terms of, you know, the, the other things that I was trying to clean up, then it was like, he helped me do that. Like healing the inner child and myself, he was very instrumental in that. So I really think it depends on what it is that, you know, that you're seeking, you know, when you're really to that point, ready to find a therapist is really what you're seeking. Um, so, but I do think, you know, a lot of times, if a person can't identify with you and your struggle and what you're going through, then it's not going to work. So that's why I say, don't get discouraged. If you meet a, a therapist for the first time, you're just like, uh, I don't know about this, but that's okay. Cause like I said, it's going to take a minute to find that sweet spot. You don't always look up the first time. So I know when I first started, um, you know, wanting to seek out a therapist, I met with me before, before I found her. So, and I was like, you know, but you have to stay on it. Like, don't give up because the first time didn't, you know, work out. But when you know, you'll know, like you said, it's just that energy. It's that feeling that, you know what, this is where I need to be to, you know, reach my level of healing. I kind of think of therapy and I, I've, I've gone to therapy, you know, uh, throughout my life. Uh, you know, I think I had two therapists at one point when I came out of, um, of a divorce you know, way back, way back, way back when. And I kind of found out that, man, you know, it's okay. And I'm speaking from, you know, my position, you know, not only as a human being, but also as a guy, it's okay to go to therapy. You know, I kind of look at therapy like you don't have to go all the time, but, you know, you buy a car, you buy a home, um, you have a doctor, you have, some of us may have a lawyer on speed dial in case we ever need it. My point is, is that it, it should be something in your, your phone, your contacts or your, you know, Rolodex or whatever, whatever you want to call it, because you, you never know when you may need it. And some of us need it more often than the others. But man, when your car gets broke, you know, broke, broke down, some of us can't fix it. We got to go to a mechanic. Exactly. Uh, when we need legal advice, we all try to figure it out ourselves. We go to a lawyer, we get sick, we go to a doctor, you know what I'm saying? So I guess what I'm just saying, like, it's okay, y'all, to have a therapist because you, you, you go through things in life and your life changes for different reasons. Some of it's, you know, because you 
made it change, but then some of it is unexpected change. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with that because we've never dealt with that before. And we need that extra energy from a therapist standpoint to help move us from that spot on forward, or we're kind of always stuck there for some reason, emotionally residual, whatever, whatever. So is that kind of what I'm hearing from you is that it's okay to just have a therapist and wait, you know, not wait till you need one, but we should just kind of maybe tuck in with one every once in a while through the chapters of our life. Absolutely. Like I said, just like your car needs an oil change every 3000 miles, you need that maintenance. You need that emotional, mental maintenance. And I always say people don't knock it till you try it. Like, yes, I'm extremely close to my mother. I'm extremely close to a lot of girlfriends, but there is no one who knows more about me than my therapist. And you all, you also need that unbiased opinion, right? When you talk to your friends or your, you know, of course they love you. So they're getting incited and getting all riled up. It's like, no, I can be my most raw self. I can cuss. I can say things inappropriate and there's no judgment, you know, because that's when you're able to let that out and be your most authentic self because, and, and have no judgment. So that's why I say it's just so important to have that maintenance, right? If, if it's not every month, maybe once a quarter, just to say, you know what, I just want to check in. You know, I have some things to get off my chest. It is just such a freeing feeling um, to just have that without the judgment behind it. Let's talk about just for a moment, you brought up like the girlfriends and let's just say the male guy friends and stuff like that. Um, is there a point where you have to be careful with, what you share in the sense of how it's like um, brought back to you in the sense. And I guess where I'm trying to go with is like, you know, you might be upset with something and, you know, you got your girls and your girls are going to always have your back. Your boys are going to always have your back. And can it sometimes be in sharing that information for guidance and support, which we all need? And I'm not knocking that, but is there that fine line when sharing to the point of where your molded decisions based off of their jadedness, their jadedness is you're upset, you know, they ride or die with you and they're going to just be like on your raw, raw, raw side rather than giving you like the non-emotional perspective of it that might also have some truth in it that you need to reflect on. Does that make sense? What I'm, what, no, what I'm it saying? does absolutely make sense. And, and the reason said. I'm asking is because I think sometimes when we go to our girlfriends or we go to our guy friends to emotionally talk things over, which we should, that, that's your, that's your tribe, right? Right. But I think sometimes we, we, we overemphasize that emotional talk connection to be the defining talk connection. And we go off of emotions because they're on the rah, rah, rah side rather than, is that really right? I mean, uh, you know, do you really, you know, do you need to really reflect within yourself rather than so-and-so was wrong and blah, 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 blah. And you see where I'm going with that conversation, right? Absolutely. Okay. I do. And I see it in two ways that I look at that because, you know, at the end, let's just say when I'm talking to my girlfriends and maybe a man I'm dating, he did something to piss me off. So now we all piss, right? but then I forgive him, but my girlfriend's not going to forgive him, you know? So then we looking at each other like, well, listen, you took it back, but I still don't like the dude. So it's really important, like you said, and when emotions are high and if I'm calling my friend crying, of course, the first thing I'm going to do is like, who did it? We're going to go get him. Like, no, don't take me here, right? I need you to bring me down. So a lot of times, I just do a lot of self-reflection now, um, like I said, because at the end of the day, 
And I tell even my friends when I'm giving them advice, I said, at the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do, right? And I'm going to support you through that. As long as you're not being harmed in any type of way, I'm going to support you through it. Because, and that's what I've just learned, that I can say what I want to say to I'm blue in the face, but people are going to do what they want to do. So um, it's really important, like I said, to have that person that doesn't have the emotion tied to it. Because when we act off of emotion, a lot of times, in hindsight, you're like, oh, well, maybe if I took a step back, I wouldn't have did that. So it's so important to have that clarity from someone who's not close to the situation. And sometimes, you know, to piggyback on what you just said, sometimes because we're in that rah-rah moment with our rider dies, we don't ever really look at ourselves as maybe escalating something or truly, uh, I know you kind of pissed about this, but man, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, you shouldn't have done this, 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 and that. It's always seemed like it's always on the other side of the foot and nothing's ever like, hey, uh, mm, I don't think maybe you should have done that. You know what right. I mean? You know, take lying, for example, like, uh, you know, you, you rah, rah, rah over somebody's reaction, but at the end of the day, well, you, you did kind of lie. And, you know, I don't, really think a lot of people reflect on that point of like what triggered the whole conversation for it to be emotional to begin with. Whereas I think if from what you're saying, you can go to a therapist and you can just lay it all out on the table. And maybe that question of, well, you know, you did lie about something, right? I mean, let's just be honest. And then that conversation starts a whole different emotional healing process versus the rah, rah, rah that you get on the other side that that part of it was totally like glossed over. Is that, am I hearing right. you correctly on that? You're absolutely right. And the self-awareness part is key. Because like I said, a lot of times it's like, well, so-and-so did this, so I did that. Like, no, like, at, and I always tell everyone that every situation in life, you either invite it, create it, or allow it. Wow. So you always have to take a second and think about how you played a role in that. Like, so if, so, if you're being cheated on repeatedly, it's because you allow it, right? If you're dealing with something, you know, in your life and, and you you invite that in, because at any moment you could stop it. But if you're still dealing with something that's negative and it's like just messing up, you know, not protecting your peace and all those things, you have to look at yourself. And that was one of the most life-changing lessons that I ever learned because I was like, oh no, well, he cheated and he did this. But Nicole, no, you allowed this by letting, because you didn't love yourself and you didn't think you deserved any better. I created that situation for that to happen. And not only, I allowed it to stay. So I always say to people, like, make sure people in your circle are going to challenge you. I don't want friends to just be like, Nicole, you was wrong, but I'm still right with you. No, if I was wrong, check me on that. And I love that about my therapist. And I don't always catch it in a moment, but I'll reflect on it afterwards and say, Nicole, well, how could you have handled that differently, right? I still have to own that I still fall short. I have my tools. I have my resources. I'm not supposed to count to five before I re- respond, but it doesn't always happen because we're still human. So that's what's important, that you just have to make sure you check your circle and the people that are around you really want the best for you. And if you're not really checking your circle because they're just always going to be the rah, rah, rah as the cliche of ride or die, that might be a challenge in itself. You know, sometimes people don't like to look in the mirror. They like to look away from the mirror because that's the stronger vibe to have because you don't really want to face the reality of your reflection in the mirror. Right. Absolutely. It's always easier to point at everyone else. Mm -hmm. But no, take a look at yourself. And the minute that I really did start working on myself, I became less critical of other people. Because like I said, it was always easy 
I was just gossiping, messy, because I didn't want to take an inventory on how I was really destroying my own life. So I would focus on other stuff. And then when I really started to work on myself, it's so much easier for me to extend grace to other people. At the end of the day, I can't control how someone's going to respond. And I'm not, I can't own how they respond either. All I can do is worry about Nicole. So that's why it's like, it's a domino effect. The minute that you start to work on yourself, things around you start to change. And I say, once you take those rose colored glasses off, you can't put them back on. You talk about um, the domino effect and just like taking inventory and things of that nature. So I want you to kind of expand on elevation through separation, right? Right. We just, we just, you know, talked about the whole rah, rah, ride or die, but sometimes the elevation through separation is going to have you make some executive decisions because at the end of the day, elevation through separation may have you make some decisions. So I want you to kind of just share your point of view on that and just give us a really good understanding of, of why one elevation through separation is necessary. And two, how do we go about making that decision once we are aware of the fact that we need a little bit of elevation through separation? Because real growth requires change. And I say all the time, everyone's not meant to go with you to the finish line. Someone may be here for a season. Some might be here just for the first quarter, but everyone can't go with you. And as you evolve and as you continue to grow and work on yourself, you're, some of the things that you used to do before, it you can't just, it can't continue on. And for me, the biggest way that I learned that happened when I went through a storm. And I say the real people in your life will reveal themselves in times of success and times of strife. And once I learned that there were certain things that I didn't want to do anymore, like I said, when I decided to have weight loss surgery, I knew that I couldn't have the same friends that were going out eating every day, you know, going to happy hour, overeating, overindulging. I had to let that go because that's not where I was anymore. I wanted to feed myself, you know, mentally, emotionally, and not through food. So I had to let that go. You know, when I was in that storm of trying to, you know, not work on myself and I'm talking about other people and all these other things like that's not that's not where I am now. So if that's what people want to do. And again, and I, I won't judge you for it, but I'm not here in my life because I'm trying to do something better. I want to inspire people. I want to help others grow. And I can't say that I'm doing all these things, but then behind the scenes, I'm still doing all these negative things. So I had to let those people go for me to grow. And as I did, and that's when I see that all these other opportunities started opening up, even with my job, I just made a decision to leave my job in July. I didn't even have a job, but I had to leave because it was a toxic environment. And the minute that I left my job, then that's when all these opportunities started opening up. So you have to sometimes just jump. You can't think about, because it's always like, oh, I need health insurance. Oh, oh, but I knew her since we was in second grade. And okay, and that's fine. But that still does not mean that they have to go on with you to the next level of your life. You talk about um, just taking that leap of faith. And you talk about, you know, trying to just let some people go. Do you find that in that theory that people will use, well, we have history, or they were there through me through this and that and whatever. As you go through this elevation through separation, you find that sometimes it's hard for people to actually cut the umbilical cord because they have history with somebody. Like if you realize 
you know, I'm hanging in this circle of people or this circle of an environment. And I know that there's been shadiness going on, but they were there through me through this, that, and the other. So you have that loyalty factor going on. What would you suggest to someone who might be in a predicament like that to say, yeah, you know, that's my girl, that's my boy. You know, you've been with me through so, so, so much in, in my life. Okay. But as you want to move forward, or even does a person not even want to move forward? So maybe that's a question that needs to be asked. Is like, maybe they don't want to move forward and they're just okay with the toxic environment because that's all they know. That's all they've ever experienced. And maybe they're comfortable with that for some crazy reason. But um, do you find that maybe the history factor plays a lot and why some people knowingly don't uh, go in different directions from some other people to, to elevate themselves through that process of elevation through separation? Absolutely. Um, like I said, myself, I'm, you know, an empath. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I don't like to be the bad person, but it becomes self-preservation. And in, in, at some point you have to love yourself more. You have to show up for yourself every day, despite how someone may feel about it. And I said, and just because you separate yourself, I don't mean that you have to cut them off completely. Maybe you place them in a different bucket, but when you're working on, you know, healing yourself and then, like I said, trying to grow, there's just certain people you can't grow and log and, and trust and believe there were people like hanging on to my ankle and I'm trying to move on and they're like trying to pull me back. But it's like, you have to choose yourself through everything. And again, and how they receive that when you choose to separate yourself, you just have to keep telling yourself, I can't own how they receive that because I'm choosing myself. And that's really what it is because you never choose, you never, we never chose ourselves before. So now it's like you're doing something different. You know, they're used to you being Johnny on the spot, always there, being there for everyone else. But the minute you choose to be there for yourself, then that's the issue. And then that gives you your answer right there. If people can't respect that you're choosing yourself and your healing and your growth to be a better person, then that gives you your answer right there and should make it that much easier for you to separate yourself from them. Which leads me into the next uh, segment that I want to talk about, which is uh, look at someone for who they really are, right? Mm. Once you get through that elevation of separation and you kind of expose some things that uh, you may question, but then if you really reflect on it, you have the answer to that question. You just may not like the answer that is there in front of you. So then again, uh, look at someone for who they really are. I need you to kind of bring it home for me and tell me the importance of looking at someone for truly who they really are. It's just human nature. We always want to paint a different picture or we romanticize or fantasize and make a situation different than what it is. You know, those red flags are important. You know, trusting your gut is important. Trusting your intuition is important. Um, you know, we want to see um, the finish line in people, but we have to look at people for where they are right there, right now in this moment. And again, not saying that, you know, that makes them a bad person, but it's just not a great fit for who I am and where I'm trying to go. So I tell people all the time, well, if they just change this about themselves, I said, well, are you able to make that happen? Well, if they just stop doing this, they'd be a great person. But are they like, again, we can't control what other people do. You can only control yourself. So look at the facts for what they are. And I say to people all the time, don't look at what could be, look at what's in front of you right now. And what's in front of you right now, do you think that that's something that someone that needs to be in your space? And if you say no, then you have to let it go. And that's, you know, it's hard because again, 
we want to see the, the genuineness and the goodness in people, but we got to look at, at the picture for what it is. If the picture, you know, is black and that's all it is, we can't try to paint something else on there. We have to look at the situation for what it is right here, right now. I kind of always go back to uh, an experience that I had in my life and say, if your actions and words don't match, then there's a problem, you know? There's a problem if what you're telling me versus what I see as far as your behavior are not on the same vibe, then there's a problem, you know. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. You know, you see it, right? But then acting on the fact of what you need to do about it is kind of an internal challenge. And I wanted you to speak on that because I think that's something common around the world. You know, when people ain't doing right for yeah. your vibe. You know it. And whether you choose to act on it or not is a different thing, but you know it. Right. And sometimes you have to own that, that you know it. You know? That's, you know, that's can't the all, key. You, you can't always give somebody a pass. You might have been able to give them a pass before in life, but you can't always give people a pass in life, especially when you know what they're doing ain't really healthy for your vibe, right? Absolutely. And it's just unfortunate. And people... For the most part, if you allow them to get away with it, they're going to keep doing it. Mm. And I love what you said, because I say something similar all the time. Like, I believe none of what you say and all of what you do is you can tell me you could paint me the prettiest picture. But if your actions isn't matching up, then, yeah, we can't. We, like I said, we can't vibe. Like, you got to go. So, <laughs> um, Well, there you go, y'all. If it ain't matching up, they got to go out the door, stage left. So talk to me about the book, Finally Free. From perfect storm to perfect peace. Um, so the, talk to me about it and tell me uh, how it came about, how it came to be. So my book is more sort of like a memoir. So it was very therapeutic for me. Um, and the book really takes you on a journey, right? It, it starts very, I don't want to say dark, but it talks about all of the trials and tribulations that I went through um, from, like I said, losing, you know, custody of my daughter, um, you know, weight woes that I've had, career confusion, fair weather friends, and just being to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And, you know, it started through journal entries that I was doing through therapy. And after a while, I was like, you know what? I think I may be onto something. But then again, talking myself out of it, because I'm like, you know, I had everything, you know, like I said, the multiple degrees, home, car, you know, great family money, but I did not have self-worth, self-love. And to me, that is priceless. But again, it took me to a trajectory that I never thought I was going to be able to get out of it. So it was important for me to kind of just chronicle that story, but then also include all of the exercises that I did in therapy, all of the things that helped me. Because again, if it helped me, then I know that it could help other people. So I wanted it to be a quick read. You know, I wanted it to be an easy read, but I included a lot of reflection questions and a lot of things that I've learned along the way to help me get to that place of perfect peace. Um, and even now people say, oh, well, what do you do now that you're finally free? But I'm like, it's life. Life is always evolving, right? So are we ever to the point that we're at our perfect peace? You know, we can continue to use the tools, but different situations are going to always arise. But I just wanted to make sure that I gave people a resource that they can refer back to. You know, if you're struggling with self-limiting beliefs, you know, if you're struggling with forgiving yourself, something that took me almost two years to do, 
here's how you do it. You know, when you went through something so devastating, how do you redeem yourself? Like, how do you, you know, get your name back, you know, on the positive side? It was just so many things that I had to work through. And it was just on me, like I said, to share that story because this story was no longer for me. And just the amount of support I got, because I thought people were like, oh my gosh, she's so smart that she's stupid. But again, as women, you know, as men, we all go through stuff. We make dumb decisions for relationships. We make dumb decisions just because, again, of where we are at that point in life. So that's why um, it was important for me to write this book, because I wanted to help other people find their perfect peace as well. There's a saying that kind of goes like this, where, um, and I just kind of like spaced it, but uh, to what you were saying, I just, it, it just left me. So forget it. Um, so tell us where we can find the book. So my book's on Amazon, finally free from perfect storm to perfect peace. Um, like I said, I also ship out copies myself through my website. Um, if you're looking for a personalized message, but again, um, like I said, it was just, my book received so well. I was just so glad that I was able to see that so many people suffer. And like I said, and just normalizing that it's okay not to be okay, but you just can't stay there, right? I say you may, you know, be depressed, but you just can't stay there. You have to find a way to work yourself out of that. Even when you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, there's always something that can be done. Good deal. Is there anything that we can do for the listeners or listener that uh, is listening to this episode who may uh, be intrigued by your book and feels like your book might be uh, helpful in their journey through listening to this episode? Yes, I would love to get a copy or even two copies out to two of your listeners. And I think something that we can do is just based around this episode, like something that resonated with you. What are you going to do to stretch yourself? Um, What are you going to do to make yourself better? Um, So I would love to hear um, from some of your listeners. And definitely, I would definitely sign the book and get it out to them. So here's what we're going to do, y'all. What's your email address that they can actually uh, send some form of a message to you, which indicates that they listen to this episode and they are really uh, in dire uh, need of your book. Sure. It's Nicole at finally free to be me.com. And it's the number two um, and finally free to be me. All right. What was the email address one more time? Nicole at finally free to be me.com. All right, y'all. If you uh, want a copy of her book, all right. And you're one of the first two people to reach out to her at her email address. She will make sure that you get a copy of that book for listening to this episode. All right. Make sure that you put in Sexy Cool Lounge episode 50 in the subject so she knows that it's coming from a Sexy Cool Lounge listener. All right. We'll also make sure that her email address is in the show notes. So if you did not write it down for whatever reason, you can grab her email address and all of her social media contact from the show notes as well. And she'll be up on the sexycoollounge.com website with all of her email address. So uh, last things before we uh, wrap this up, talk to me about the podcast. You are a co-host on podcast BNZ Sisters. Tell me what that's all about and where we can find you to listen to your uh, love and laughs of your lifestyles. Yeah, so BNZ Sisters, the BNZ stands for myself and the two other co-hosts is three. Nicole and Zahira. Um, Like I said, we're girlfriends. We've known each other for a while. 
and we were just out. We were ha- we have these um, self care Wednesdays, and we may take a day off of work and go visit, um, you know, a restaurant or go to a spa. And that's how the podcast came about. And you know, just really talking about a lot of things that we go through in life, but just putting laughs to it. So anything from dating in your thirties and your forties to you know a lot of current events that are going on, we always, like I said, give an authentic spin to it. Um, and like I said, this is we're going into our second season. Um, so, you know, growing pains, it was something new. Like I said, none of us are that type of people to be on a platform. So again, talking about stretching ourselves and coming out of your comfort zone, because to get to where you want to be, you got to do something that you've never done. Mm. Um, so it's just been really um, a great journey with those two young ladies. And, you know, like I said, we're just learning and growing as we go along. And where can we find the podcast? Uh, you can find us on YouTube, BNZ Sisters, and we also are on IG as BNZ Sisters. Okay. So uh, as we wrap this up, where can we reach out to you if we want to stay in contact with you or if someone has um, a question, what's your social media website? Give it to us so we can uh, show you some love and uh, make sure that we blow you up with all the positive energy you're putting into this universe. Where can we find you? Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm on IG, Finally Free to Be Me, also on Facebook as Finally Free to Be Me. My website is www.finallyfreetobeme.com. And like I said, please feel free to reach out to me um, if you're struggling, if you're going through something, if you just need some advice. Just know you have a friend in me, no matter where you are in this world. It is my goal to feed into other people. And if I can be that vehicle for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You hear that, guys? Reach out to her. She is a resource. She is a loving, positive energy resource. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, y'all. She can take care of making sure that you get the resources that you need to move forward because that's what we do here at the Sexy Cool Lounge, right? We're family. We love each other, and we're all connected as one in this universe. Do not be too proud to reach out to her when she is saying, reach out to me if you need help. If you did not get any of her information, again, it will be in the show notes. Everything, her social media, her website, her email address, everything will be in the the, uh, show notes, guys, okay? Miss Nicole, Dr. Nicole Scott, it has been a pleasure to have you in the Sexy Cool Lounge for the very first time. I don't think this will be the last time, but thank you for your time, your energy, and your love in the Sexy Cool Lounge today. Thank you. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. And as we always say, family, love yourself. Love yourself enough to radiate your vibe. Love yourself enough to radiate your vibe. And always remember, y'all, and do not ever forget this, that even though we do not have as much as others, we still have more than others. So let's continue to put good vibes into this universe so we can always get good vibes back. I'm Jimmy Ivey. I love you guys. And I will see you on the next episode.